Hi, welcome to the Xbox World Strongcast. Uh, this is the one that's going out Friday, 18th of Feb. It's number 7,500,000 trillion. Four. Anyway, it's a, some number. We've done a lot of them. And we hope you're enjoying them, and we hope you enjoy this one too. Uh, I'm here with Mike. Hello. And Matt. Hello. And, uh, of course, for people who don't know, I'm Tim. Uh, so uh, we've got plenty to get through today. Um, some usual stuff i'm sure we're talking you always about. do the fluffy opening you always, you always do the oh we got so we got plenty to get through today non-specific stuff that we're going to talk about well that's because we're we going to make up as we go along yeah, that's because we never plan anything <laughs> we just had a little conversation before we uh, started recording saying what we're going to talk about and we all sort of looked at each other like um bet this bet that yeah we'll thank see. you for tuning into our uh our Strong cast. This yeah. is a weak cast so far. Yes, this is the weak cast. <laughs> Let's make it a lot stronger by talking about what we've been playing then. Yeah. So I'm gonna blow your your, your tiny little minds with what I've been playing. This is a this is a, a surprise. This is something you wouldn't have expected. Um, actually, before I say that, I've been actually been playing a lot of stuff. I've got upgraded my new my PC. Yeah. Uh, new motherboard, more RAM, bigger processor. Already had a Beast graphics card, but it was being hamstrung by. My puny processor. So now I've got everything beasted up. It's a, it's a monster, monster machine. So I'm playing like a lot of PC stuff. Um, basically throwing the most beautiful games I can throw at it. Uh, Crisis and so on. Man, Crisis is rubbish. Uh, and with, with a bit of luck, we'll be playing Crisis 2 pretty soon. Mm. Which um, also leaked to the internet. Yeah. 49 days early. Yeah. If I uh, if I were so inclined to pirate it, now would have been an absolutely perfect time. What with the upgrade and everything, yeah. But of course, I wouldn't do that. No, you don't pirate games. But um, it's uh, like the, the, one of the earliest leaks you ever had. I mean, the code is massively incomplete, but I, a lot of people have completed the game. Actually, Mike, you're probably in a good position to talk about this because you have played the first hour and a half. How much did yeah. you play on on 360 when oh, they brought it down? On Crisis Two, yeah. Various bits throughout the course of the game, but for a good hour and a half's worth. Yeah. Impressions. Um, See, the thing is, with the original Crisis, um, it's not as open as people think it is. It starts very open, but it closes off very quickly. And in a lot of situations, you you, you don't have as many options as it would seem because your suit runs out of juice very quickly. So any cool combinations you want to put together has to be done so quickly and so suddenly that it leaves you in the middle of nowhere with a suit full of zero juice. So, for example, let's like say you, you stealth your way up into a place, you get in position, you jump off of the precipice, turn on your armor, smash through the roof of a building, grab a guy by the throat, kill him. Well, now your suit's completely empty of juice and everyone's shooting at you. You're in a room full of guards. Yeah. It's like, all that their was the big, to me, the, the, everyone said the big floor crisis was like, you know, it went all off the rails at the end. But to me, it was, it was fundamentally broken at the core. Like, you, the suit, you, they didn't give, like, you give you all these cool things you can do with the suit and they'll give you enough juice to do it with. Mm. Um, so you can actually fix that in on the PC in the uni files. You can just boost, you just give yourself more juice, you know, just re so you recharge faster. Um, so I did that. Uh, but yeah, it was never quite as open as... It should have been. And Crisis 2 isn't massively open. By virtue of the environment that it's in, it's not massively open. I think PC gamers will be disappointed by how open it is, and console gamers will be excited by how open it is. Mm. Which is to say, like, PC gamers are kind of used to how open these kinds of games can be, and console gamers aren't. Let's face it, if, PC, if you can't like, hop, in, hop in a boat and drive over to Coney Island... Uh, yeah, it will be a, a step down from the first crisis. Is the yeah. thing? Yeah, that's the thing. But it is a it's a very competent shooter. It's probably the most well made shooters I've ever played. But uh, I don't know. 
I mean, I, I think we're absolutely NDA'd, so I can't actually put like a value judgment on the game. No, we can't. Yeah, we're not NDA'd, but we we're not. We haven't fin- we, you know we haven't played the fin- the game's completion on. I can talk about why why I have played and why I have, why I have played. played. You can also talk about um, you know the impressions we're getting back from PC journalists who have been out to play. Yeah, it, they 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 all they all seem to agree with what my initial gut feeling was, which is um, and again the gut feeling I would have if I played it uh, over the weekend, which is. Um, that it's no more open than what we've seen in a Halo, for instance. Yeah. And it's not like a Halo is the, the most open shooter ever. It just gives you these little instant sandboxes where you kind of have to make your own combat and make up the situation on the fly. Do you snipe at the edge of the battlefield? Do you get up close and batter guys in the face? What do you do? Well, to be honest, Crisis is only doing that, but in a very beautiful environment. And when the game's at its best, it's in the incredibly tall levels, where you're ten stories up, and you can just jump to the street and land on a guy, or you can walk away across your way around across the rooftops, across footbridges and stuff. Like, that's when the game's at its best. But from what we're seeing, there's, that's, there's not enough of that. There's a lot of going along sort of corridors and meeting and hitting these, doing the big halo rooms, you know, big outdoor rooms, basically. You've got walls on all sides, a lot of space to move around in, and you sort of make up the combat on the fly. But that's still, yeah, it's still halo territory. That's not what, to me, Crisis should should be, if they were going to do anything, it should have been more Far Cry style, you know, where you just open it up, you say, here's, here's New York, and we've built it in this engine, this amazing engine, and you have to go in, okay, so we need you to get to Madison Square Garden. And right now, you're in Times Square, so that's a hell of a walk. Now, do you go through the underground? Do you go overground? Do you go across rooftops? How are you going to do it? Like that's, that's the dream of Crisis. It's absolutely technically impossible on this generation of consoles, mm-hmm. and probably even from like an art point of view. That's, you're talking like a $100 million game at that point. Yeah. That's the dream. It was never going to happen that way. But you know what it is, I think, is potentially no better than a halo yeah and potentially a lot worse so we'll, we'll have to see i mean you know impressions we're getting from pc journalists are that you know the same sort of thing which is that it's um it's it looks stunning i mean that's not that's not we're not overstaying it to say that it's the, the best looking game I'm a little uneasy if only it's only about like what we, we they they can and can't say to us as well and i don't really want to report on what they're saying no, but what no. we can do is report upon what people are saying on the internet. Because yeah. bear in mind, a lot of people have played it at this point. Yeah. And that's kind of what I'm basing this on. Like, I've played a good chunk of the game, and I had this feeling, which is now being echoed back to me by yeah. a lot of people who have played the pirated version. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah, you know, they're fair enough, they're pirates, say what you want about them, but the fact is they're 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 play, they're speaking with an authority that a lot of people don't have right now. Mm. They've actually played the game. And it seems to me like the, the, bit, the, bit, the bit we've played is indicative of what the whole is like. Mm. Which is to say, a very solid, well-made shooter yeah. that's not remarkable in any way. Yeah. Whereas the first Crisis was just the same. Yeah, I, we, we shouldn't be surprised by that because it was a really well-made shooter, really beautiful that wasn't particularly remarkable mm. in any way. And this one's also beautiful as well. I mean, you, you think it might be the best-looking game on unquestionably. On it's, ab- it's absolutely 360. Which makes uh, you wonder what someone who you know, not to take it, and we're not passing judgment on Crisis. Yes, we haven't reviewed it, but. We're getting a sense that it's not quite a Halo beta. So 
it makes you wonder what you know a, a developer of real prowess of you know like a real top draw developer could do with that engine. That engine, absolutely. I mean, it wouldn't be. I wouldn't be surprised if. Uh, in fact, I'll get to that in a minute. I mean, let's not be this first to say that we're not saying that Halo is a be all end all. No, absolutely. There's a lot of PC guys now saying, "Oh, these console guys they don't know what mm. game." But no, what we're not saying Halo is the be all end all, but. If you're going to do a sandbox shooter with little instant sandboxes, you're going to get compared to Halo, and Halo's and, very good at that. And, you know, whatever you think of the Halo universe and the Halo games, it is one of the standard bearers on 360. And it puts up a, good, a hell of a fight, man. Whenever you're playing a game, whenever you're shooting your way around levels, like, few games do man-shoot as well as Halo, you know? Yeah. Uh, so, what, yeah, what were we going to say? CryEngine 3. Yeah. CryEngine 3. See, what we got is... um. It's this, this studio that's being built as we speak, Respawn, and they're going to want to get a game out pretty quick. You know, they're going to want a game turned around quite quickly, and they're not going to want to have to build an engine from scratch. I mean, the engine that Unreal um, Infinity Ward we're using isn't an engine these guys can use. It's an engine they built gradually over time, and built up and built up and built up until it was running at 60 frames. It was beautiful and it did loads of cool things. It did everything they wanted their engine to do. But now I think for their next game, they're going to be in a situation where they're going to want to buy an engine mm. and whether that ends up being frostbite which i understand a dice are actually quite precious about and they want to control for themselves right or whether they end up licensing cryengine 3 I don't know. Oh, yeah. I, I can I can really see that happening. I think cryengine 3 is a very flexible engine. It is. I mean, I think with the american developers though there's a, a real sort of relationship between them and a real history between them and the Unreal Engine, which is... That's true, yeah. Which but is, bear in mind, Infinity Ward have never worked in Unreal. It's not like they're bringing a load of Unreal no, expertise to no, the table. that's true, yeah. That'll certainly be interesting. <coughs> Just because, you know, like you say, the I mean, Crisis 2 absolutely looks... Yeah, looks the bomb. And it's just, just, just doing things that you no other engine can do. You can't mm. do spaces like that in Unreal. No. You just can't. Spaces that tall and that wide. Mm. I wouldn't be surprised if it was Frostbite. Uh, early talk about Battlefield 3 put pegs it as a better looking shooter that's, than uh, that's incredible two. right I mean we've uh, from what we're hearing back from our uh, our people who went to see mm. Battlefield 3 it's it's the, the new best looking game yeah. on the console even better than Crisis 2 you know Crisis 2 isn't even out yet but we've seen it in the office and it's a stunner so I don't know I, it, it's hard to imagine like Rewind the clock back to 2005. This machine was putting out what Far Cry Instinct Predator, Far Cry Instinct's Perfect, Perfect Dark, Dark Zero. Zero. Who could ever have imagined we'd be at this situation? The things we still done, be looking. The things to push developers it. have done just with software, it's just unbelievable. It's just it's unbelievable. And I upgraded my PC, and what that means is I can run a lot of games in 60 frames at 1080p, and they look great. But they're not fundamentally different games to what's no. running on consoles. Consoles kind of. Um, it's like I mean, generally, I was I'm I'm kind of more of a PC gamer than a console gamer, and um, I, well, on my own time. And um, what I mean, any PC gamer has to concede that consoles sort of saved PCs from unoptimized engines, and that's what because for years it was like you had to if you, a new game coming out, new big new game, got to upgrade your system, got to upgrade. I remember when Doom Three was coming out, I was looking at my machine going, "There's no way I can run it." <laughs> There's no way I can run it. And a game with uh, Half-Life, which is the same year. So there's just no way I can run that. So I, got, I had to upgrade. I had to uh, go to the next level. The same thing happened a few years earlier with Quake 3. And every single time when the new big game came out, you had to upgrade. That hasn't been the case on PC for the last few years because, I mean, a lot of PC, a lot of PC games would probably say that consoles have sort of held it back, you know, held it back. But and the one thing they have done is made sure that plenty of PC guys who upgraded their system three, four years ago They're still got a very stumped, respectable yeah. system. And that's kind of nice, you know. And if you have got a beast PC, then 
you can make these games look really, really That's what nice. always put me off, like, spending a lot of cash on PCs. Because, I mean, I love gaming as much as anyone, and I really want to play a lot of PC games. I bought a new PC for Half-Life 2, but I was faced with this situation where if I wanted to stay, you know, the top edge of technology, I'd have to spend so much money, probably more than I was making at the time to keep up with it i couldn't i couldn't afford to drop a few hundred quid on a new graphics card when it came out at least now i i I do sympathize with pc gamers that yes some games are being consolified i think there is some truth to that um but man at least gaming's affordable the thing is with the pc as well is i mean a lot of the games on pc that are massive like your creative assembly games all all that sort of stuff new one coming out next month so very exciting for me never going to work on console and and if it does it'll be a work of genius because I don't know how you'd ever ever get that to work I mean games like Civilization work with massive massive compromises yeah and still it's still a very good game it's pretty good the fundamental core was yeah no it is absolutely but but it's not that is a definite console version whereas the version on PC is is the only version of Civilization that I think Civ players would ever yeah you know absolutely the the funny thing is like there is one big pc exclusive which would work really well on consoles and no one's ever done it and it's the game halo wars should have been that's dawn of war War. Mm. dawn of war 2 has no base building uh no resource management really it's just about commanding your guys and you only command four guys at once shit you know you could flick between those with the bumpers you could map all four of them to the, the face buttons if you want to, or the D-pad. Map all of them to the D-pad, move the camera with the right stick, move your guys with the, to, from cover, the, with the little waypoint they go through from cover to cover with the left stick. Like, Dawn of War would totally work on a console. The multiplayer mode, not so much, but the campaign, definitely. And it's funny, then, that those guys in Vancouver, whose names escaped me, Relic, Relic, Relic. Relic are... Um, making Space Marine. Making Space Marine, and that's a game I don't think anyone ever really demanded. I'm sure it'll be great. I mean, yeah. let's face it, the game's basically finished already and they're still working on it for like another yeah. God knows how long. Uh, just all polished, 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 polished. So I'm sure it'll be a really good game. I don't think anybody ever demanded, I want to be a space marine, stomp around the battlefield. I think people like that tactical thing. Mm. And Dawn of War is a really, really streamlined strategy game. Halo Wars wasn't. It was streamlined to an extent, but it still hung on to all the old-fashioned tropes. Mm. And... Dawn of War didn't do that. They were like, you know what? Let's just let's just rethink what a RTS is, and it ends up being ends up playing something like more like something like Full Spectrum Warrior. Yeah. Uh, but with more options and more cool stuff going on. And FSW worked great on consoles. You know, they could yeah, it was they excellent. they could have done a really nice job. They could they could absolutely port Dawn of War to a console. That was a strange game, Full Spectrum Warrior, because when it sort of wait, you sort of look at it in the shops and the cover, and, and even in early screens. Because I remember joining Xbox World just after it had come out and I, I, I know that Xbox World had done a cover on it at the time and I saw it on the cover and I thought, okay, it's a shooter. And then someone said to me, there's no shooting in it. I said, what? how the hell does that work then? Because it's a, it's a soldier pointing his sniper rifle on the cover or his well, weapon it was. And uh, no one's really ever, am I right in saying no one's really ever replicated that Kind of formula, even the speed, even Ten yeah. Hammers, the sequel to Full Spectrum Warrior, gave you control over the yeah. fire run, which was a big mistake and why that game scored really low. Yeah, the reason that game works is because they kept it. I mean, it was a super simple game. You had two squads. Uh, you put one guy behind cover, suppress the bad guys, move the other, move your other guys around to the right, and often you just have to. They design the levels really well, so you'd have to sort of leapfrog guys around the battlefield and move them from point to point, and sometimes drop some smoke and run them in through dangerous places, and it was. There were like about five mechanics in that game. Yeah. 
It's like five systems that you have to use over and over again. And they were fun systems to yeah. use. And I'll come to very simple games in a minute after Matt's told us what he's talking he's yeah. been playing. So what have you been playing? <laughs> I've been uh well, I've been kind of addicted actually in the last two weeks to uh, to Borderlands. Oh yeah! Started playing it uh, when Dale came round because, uh, as as listeners know, we have a freelancer called Alex Dale. He's also into his wrestling, so he came round to watch Royal Rumble with me in Jam. Oh, right, right. Uh, Royal Rumble, mm. um, and we started it on split oh, but, screen. Oh, uh, Diesel came out. Diesel came out. Booker T came out. De- that guy, I'm amazed he didn't hurt himself on the way to the ring. Oh. <laughs> Kevin Nash, man, that guy, uh, This is Tim. Don't get any of this. Kevin Nash is the most accident-prone man in the history of pro wrestling. He's always and doing his his knee or his uh, yeah his thigh. I, I did like. I, I was kind of. Uh, it, it was definitely the Nash I remember though, yeah. because two minutes after he got into the ring, he was gassed out. Yeah. He was out completely out of gas. So he's <laughs> definitely the Kevin Nash I remember. Yeah, and he was out of there. That it was good fun. Good Royal Rumble. Good winner. Good ending. Um, so he came around a few hours before we stuck on Borderlands, played some. Sp- Split screen, that is not a game that works well in split screen. Uh, they haven't optimized any of the menu systems, so it's basically a full screen menu, but you've each got half a screen to view it on. Okay. And you've each got a menu, so you have to scroll left and right to read what you've got. Mm. Everything's overlapping. It's really, really messy. They did a terrible job of it. Thankfully, the actual game itself is just wonderful. Um, for two weeks, I've just been blitzing it every wonderful single evening. Wonderful is a word you throw out a lot of games, Matt. Yeah, I don't. You do. You I do. really don't. No, you do. No, you do. You do so use the word wonderful. That's your go-to word. Every, every podcast, is one, everything's wonderful. Well, you came well, in this the other is day. Super what, was, wonderful. what game was it? You came in and said, oh, it's wonderful. I can't remember. And then, as in, as in full of wonder. Yeah. And then about an hour later, you were talking about another game and called it wonderful. Because I remember, I specifically remember. Oh, I'll probably talk about Borderlands at a later date. In much the same way, but Tim's always coming in, going, "That game is the bomb." Do I say that? No, uh, absolutely not. <laughs> um, so for two weeks, I, I've, I've now finished the main game, every single quest in it, um, and I've moved on to the DLC. There are four DLC packs, and they're huge. I mean. 2K do a real nice job of, of DLC packs. They did with Bioshock. I think they do um, encourage all of their developers to to really pump out Bethesda, big, big scale Bethesda DLC. and 2K are the ones to look for in, mm. in how to do DLC I packs. I think they really Bethesda are. as a developer do, but as a publisher don't. But I think 2K as a publisher actually absolutely encourage every mm. developer working under them to sort of pump out big DLC. I think it may, either that or it's just coincidence. As an aside, actually, looking at the model that Bethesda has used for the two um, Fallout games... I fully expect Skyrim to have like four DLC packs. Of yeah, that's the disappointing to me. There'll be no shivering aisles, I don't think. That's really disappointing to me because the cool thing about um, Oblivion was how mental the DLC yeah. was. Like you never knew what you were going to get. I mean, you had like the horse arm, and everyone jokes about that. But the the Knights of the Nine was really Knights good. Of the Nine was huge mm. and brilliant. And then you had like the Wizard's Tower. The Wizard's so Tower, could... which was a way to like get blood grass again, so you could make certain yeah. potions that you could never do if you close all the Oblivion herbs and stuff, gates. Yeah. Um, and obviously, Shivering Isles, which was a whole new campaign set in a whole new world. Yeah, like I mean, that was the cool thing about Oblivion. Like you literally didn't week by week, you could you could be getting anything. Yeah. When they announced something, you like, you could tell you a name, you wouldn't know you you mean you know anything about it. Whereas with um, New Vegas, with a four X three, you kind of you hear the title, you know, okay, I'm going to get two hours of yeah. It's almost like a template that they drop different yeah. scenarios onto. And, real, and real shame. Drop it out. Real shame. And I think that's I, what they're doing. I suppose for the thing is, from a business point of view, I mean. I wonder how many man hours and how much money went into creating something like the Shivering Isles. It's a full game, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it is. I mean, it's a full game. I don't know whether they created it alongside Oblivion or it was originally a part of Oblivion or, or what, but mm. I think it came like quite 
quite a while after, maybe a year and a half. Yeah, because we did a cover on it back, yeah, back in the day. Maybe a year and a half, maybe a little more actually. But I wonder how much how much money went into making that, you know, compared to the a cost of say making making Oblivion, you know. Yeah. I mean obviously all the systems were in place, but all the new art assets and they were all new art assets. Exactly. I mean there was so that world was totally unlike it was completely different to all of Oblivion. And, uh, all the new voice acting. Yeah, exactly. All that. And, and I suppose if you're looking at it from a cold clinical business point of view probably not you know i mean it's doing. probably it's they've probably not made their money back on shivering isles i mean i don't know how much it, it was it was for. priced like Tenor? double the amount no it, it was, was a year and it was 20 quid yeah 20 quid 20 quid 20 20 100 100 points. it was released a year later according to this um i mean it came out it twice the price of me. the dlc well almost three times the price actually of kind of the vegas dlc so um so maybe that's maybe, what, you know yeah. maybe that's why some of these publishers haven't, haven't yeah but done. i think maybe uh Players just balked at the price. They prob- probably didn't understand the amount of game they'd be yeah. getting for their money. Yeah. Um, certainly not after horse armor costs, whatever. No, it was exactly. <laughs> um, so more on Borderlands. So Borderlands, yeah. So I mean, it's a, it's not a shooter. It's a looting game, uh, in the same way that the Baldur's Gate console games were looting games. Diablo is a looting game. Sacred Two um, that came out a couple of years ago on 360 is a looting game. Uh, it's a game where you just go around killing lots of things picking up the weapons they drop selling the crap ones keeping the ones that add plus one to your damage um and i've spent god in the last two weeks i would say i'm hitting near 30 hours in the game because uh, it's a, a giant giant world that just keeps giving mrs pellets and un- deeply unsatisfied yeah. best best thing is she's going to visit her parents this weekend so i've got all weekend on my own <laughs> to play borderlands dlc it's really funny, something I probably wouldn't have given it credit for when I played the first few hours. Like the further into it you get, you really start liking the characters. I love Claptrap. I know we got Matt Castle to review it for us, who hated the little robot called mm-hmm. Claptrap, who's like R2-D2. I think he's great. I think he's absolutely what that game needed. You've got these little robots that are dotted all over the world, and they do little dances, and you rescue them, and they give you prizes. And one of the DLCs is something called claptrap's robot revolution i think yeah. or along those lines and you've got, rising right yeah they turn against the evil humans who enslaved them basically uh, well who created them and then got them to work for them and you've got an interplanetary ninja assassin claptrap as well so i'm interested to see how that <clears throat> sorry interested to see how that plays out um at the moment i'm playing uh, a DLC called, I think it's the Armory of General Knox, and there's a giant armory with loads of cool weapons that you're going to get to at the end of the six or seven hours, however long it takes to do the DLC. Um, one thing I'm quite annoyed about with the downloadable <clears throat> content is there's no fast travel. So the game is huge. I mean, the, the map is far bigger than like, pretty much any other shooter. It, it's comparable to, say, a Sacred 2 map, to an Oblivion map. It's that big. Um, and there's fast travel throughout the the whole of the main game, but in all the DLC packs, there's there's no fast travel. But you still got these these giant maps that are in lots of different se- sections that you have to load in. But whenever you turn it off, you save it, you load it back up, you always dump back at the hub at mm. the start. I don't understand that. You could be in the middle of a prison, like three hours into a mission. If you were to save it and turn it off and turn it on again the next day, you have to then work your way through all over that's again rubbish. and that's mental what an oversight. i know i don't understand why they've done it so i i, I worked through this um prison 
uh, to rescue this woman called Athena to break her out. And I did that. And then it was like, oh, now escape, you know, work your way out and jump off the edge. So I worked my way out and I got just outside the prison. Then I really had to do the final bit of the escape. And I, it was about half 12 at night thinking, you know, I, I should really go to bed now. Saved it, come back the next day. Oh, I'm back in town already. Already already escaped. I just feel like, like I was a bit cheated by the yeah. game because I wanted to have to fight out. I wanted you know, the challenge. What's really interesting with all of this though is that Matt keeps saying like, I wanted this and I wanted that not we wanted this and we wanted that because it's a game built basically exclusively for multiplayer but you're playing it on your own right i'm playing it on my own that's really um, weird but i'm not going to be because uh jez bickham someone else who uh readers will, will know is one of our freelancers we're teaming up to take down uh, a really really tough boss at the end of the game that's cool because um, games like that really only become game, good games yeah. when you got like a group of friends i mean you like, can jump in jump out so i started it in split screen with dale and i did the first few missions we got up to like level eight or something then obviously we turned it off watched royal rumble and then he went back and uh i just carried on that save on my own but at any point i can invite someone in to give me a hand if i so wish i just have enjoyed it on my own as people yeah. know i prefer single player games to multiplayer i um, never heard of anyone playing fantasy star online diablo sacred or whatever in single player i never heard of that the thing and is borderlands, borderlands is that it is and it isn't i think borderlands you get the whole experience whether or not you play it on your own or multiplayer which i would argue you don't get with fantasy star i think fantasy star there's a you need to be trading you need to be teaming up to take down certain um certain bosses and whatnot in Borderlands, you get the entire game and it all scales to your level. I think there's only one boss, basically, that's in this d downloadable content that you really need to team up with people to stand a fighting chance because it's ridiculously tough. The end boss of Borderlands, I rinsed in a few seconds. I've got this weapon that I found. I can't remember where I got it now, but it's basically a shotgun combined with a sniper rifle. I remember chatting to... Um Oh God! I was I'm having a bad day with names. The boss of uh, Gearbox, Randy Pitchford. Pitchford. Chatting to Randy Pitchford about this a few years ago, uh, before the game came out, and I said, "Because you got this random weapon generator, you right? got over 17 million weapons yeah, in the game. Yeah, this random weapon generator is like, yeah. I was like, is there a risk of uh, players finding something really overpowered? He was like, hell yeah. I was like, well, what do you do about it? He was like, nothing, <laughs> nothing. If they find a really powerful overpowered weapon, good luck to them. Yeah, enjoy. Well, I mean, the the weapons. You have to be a certain level to wield certain weapons. So you can never say there's like one weapon that beats everything else. There isn't, but pretend it existed. That weapon would be locked for like level 16 above. So if you were to stumble on it in level one, which you would never do, but if you did, you couldn't use it. If someone gave, if someone had unlocked it and gives it to you as a present, you cannot use it for about 30, 40 hours of game time. So they do add that just to stop you from being too, too overpowered. Um, but if you if you do all the side quests um, before carrying on with the main mission, you tend to be about three levels higher than you really need to be to do anything. So when I got to the end boss, there was, it had an eye, which was its weak point. Of course, it did. Every every boss has a bloody weak point now. Um, and my no, my snot gun, my uh, my sniper slash shotgun, uh, just made mincemeat out of it in a few seconds. Um, so I've got that, and I've got a few other. I've got like ridiculous powered, uh, ridiculously powered. Um, rocket launcher that sets people on fire i've got a submachine gun that shocks people i've got another shotgun that's uh, not quite as powerful it hasn't got the range of the shotgun slash sniper rifle um but it has 18 bullets in the ch 18 shells in the chamber and it's really really strong so it can kill most people with one shot so if i'm in a room where enemies are just flooding me i've got 18 shots before i need to reload it's a shotgun it's a shotgun yeah it sounds like me in battlefield 
It's wonderful. Playing bad company, but I take the uh, the expanded shotgun perk, twelve shots <laughs> or whatever it is. I think it's I think it's eight shots in the tank, or um, and you, you just in my um the my fully auto shotgun running around going. <laughs> I mean, part of it I think for me is the numbers. Uh, yeah, puns. You know, I, I like maths and stuff, but I really do like the sensation of picking up about eight different weapons then going through thinking oh that might be better than what i've got and just trying it out and seeing mm. what it's like oh, i think that's i and, don't uh, i don't think you're alone in that i think a lot i mean you know, I, that's, I mean there's, there's a great history it's a huge success yeah it's, but, but it's no, the appeal but, I mean, of what i mean games. is there's a, there's a huge history of, of that mm. kind of game where it's great just fiddle around in the inventory and kind of tag things together and put yeah. things together and you know select things like mike was talking about in deus ex the other the other week you know mm. how it's that's one of the things you're really looking forward to about yeah. human revolution is the opportunity of being really sort of OCD about it and Shuff, kind of shuffling, managing inventories, shuffling things yeah. around. I, 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 I can see yeah. the appeal and when, of that. when you play when you play like ten almost standard, as it were, in inverted commas, first person shooters on the trot, where you've got your your twelve weapon and yeah. that's it, and you you never find anything else. It's quite refreshing to have seventeen million possibilities open to you, and you mm. just can go nuts i've got so like i've picked up a perk that gives me an extra 50 percent uh, magazine size which is why my shotgun has 18 shells rather than the 12 that it should do i know that and it's just fun to mix yeah no absolutely i know that some um uh, there's always the danger i guess with 17 million weapons there may have been too many weapons perhaps yeah. but i think some shooters have kind of not all, but some shooters have kind of forgotten what makes one of the key sort of tenets of any shooter is to have brilliant, brilliant weapons. Mm. I think I, I think it's actually a little bit simpler than that. It's, it's about having fun ways to kill baddies. Yeah, it's exactly. like so. It's like sometimes that can be weapons. Sometimes I mean, if you look at Bulletstorm, like that, that, that game has absolutely embraced that. Yeah. Think about how many games we played shooters, like shooters we played over the years. How many of those cases was it actually really fun just to shoot something? Yeah. No, well, what I was going to say is that one of the reasons, you know, I think back to a game like Churok, which was, ah, I mean, it was, you know, we look back now and it was, it's not very good at all. <laughs> and and at the time it was... Great guns. It, it was okay, but the guns were amazing. And they would all unfold. You'd yeah. Yeah. Exactly. open up. They'd and unfold. You have like the nuclear cannon, which would just like send a sort of mushroom cloud and then like this sort of aftershock that would just go... Yeah, and the cerebral board. That's right, and short too. Yeah, yeah and I like. I like in the first game. I really like the um the rail gun with the we should have the green trail. Through yeah, the air. yeah, right. I just really Plasma like, green. Yeah, I know why it was. Yeah. It was shaped kind of like a crossbow. It was like the gun from a razor. Yeah, yeah. You, you, know, you shoot and it just leaves that, that smoking trail through the air. That's right, really and good. and one of the reasons people remember Churok fondly is not because it was a great shooter, because actually it wasn't really that good a shooter. No. It was the weapons; they were mm. so so well, good. Even like, it's again as, as, as to say that it's like sli- often it's simpler than that is to say like look at Goldeneye. That game doesn't have great weapons; it just has a good selection of guns, mm. a big selection of guns. But whenever you shoot anything with them. It's brilliant. But the, it's, it's a neck snapping. You shoot them in the hand, their arms yeah, flinging. Yeah. I think, I think the with, head, their neck I think with Goldeneye, it was the blood effect as well, the little patch of blood splash, that you get. Yeah. But the thing with Goldeneye was, you're right, they, they weren't great, like, memorable weapons, but they each one felt different. Felt, yeah, they did. They felt different, you know, and there's so many shooters now where you've just got a shotgun, yeah. another type of shotgun, another type of pistol, a machine Whereas gun. Whereas I had like five uh, like SMGs and they all felt different. Yeah, that's if right, you yeah. say to anyone about the clob, they'd instantly know what you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, the clob was always the crap Yeah, that's right. Yeah. And you pick up something like the RCP and it was just like... I couldn't name anything in Call of Duty, like any of the last Call of Duty. I mean, they're just the standard... They feel good. That's why Call of Duty is good. It's because they feel good, you know, but... 
for me, I'm more excited about a game like Red Faction where I can see that the weapons have really been thought yeah. about and that you can do fun I mean, stuff. That's exactly with it. what Bulletstorm is, you know? That's, yeah. that's what Bulletstorm is exactly that. I mean, every single, it's like in a game, generally speaking, you kill something, they drop, okay, next, next guy. In Bulletstorm, you're sort of like a cat, you know, you're play with, playing with that mouse, playing with that rat, play, batting it around with the old Scumbag. paws for yeah. a while before you do anything. Yeah, yeah. So to, what I was going to say is, like, I was playing one more game, started playing it last night. It's a really simple game. It's talking about super stripped down games, so super basic games. And this is the surprise game, the game you guys didn't know I was going to be playing. And Beat it one, and eat it. And it's the be- one of the best games of last year, I think. I think it's absolutely one of the best games I've played of last year. And everyone knows I kind of thought last year was kind of a disappointing year for games. But I think this is one of the best. And that game was Kane guess- Lynch 2, Dog Days. No. Yeah, I think it's absolutely one of the best games of last year. Rubbish. No. Because that game, you hated Kane and Lynch. I remember I did. you played. Kane I did. Kane Lynch was no good. And I think I don't think Kane Lynch two is even like particularly great, but it's absolutely. I have never played a game that is more committed to being thematically consistent. It's like it looks ugly. It's got ugly characters. The violence is really ugly. It sounds ugly. And everything about it is just like dedicated to being like the worst day of your life, or in the game's case, like forty-eight hours of these guys' life. And it's just, a, it's a truly horrible place, a way to spend a few hours. And it, it's, it, I think the actual basic shooting is really good in that game. The first one definitely not. The first one was a real mess as, as a shooter. The sequel is actually a pretty decent shooter. Um, it's basically a, a shooting gallery. Guys are just coming in huge, huge numbers. But, and I can't take credit for this. Um, I was reading online a review of the Taylor Lynch online um, on actionbutton.net, you know, Tim Rogers' site. Now, I've got a lot of problems with, with like Tim Rogers as a writer. I think he breaks a lot of rules, which I, I would never break as a writer. He's very, very talky, you know, but he does think about games in a very different way. So when he reviews a game, you never really know what score you're going to get, you know. You never know what he's going to think of it because he just thinks about games slightly differently. You know, sometimes it was like, you know, just a really strange way. And you're saying, like, with Uncharted 2, which is a great game, you kind of murder your way through thousands of people, literally thousands of people. And at the end of the game, the final boss, you beat him, and you hold a gun to his head, and the boss is like, go on, kill me now. And Nathan Drake's like, no, I won't take your life. I'm too good for that. As if he's like, better than, As like- if he's better than <laughs> killing thousands. You know, you see, mm. dude, so today you've enacted genocide. Yeah. You know, let's let's not let's not beat around the bush here. This is one more guy. You yeah. may as well kill him. He's he's really evil. He's been doing some really evil shit. Just kill him, man. Yeah, all those people with families on the train that he slaughtered. Yeah, there's some guy. The guy like, mopping the toilet. Yeah, so. all the guys on train. Yeah, all those guys. And then there's like some other guy who was like, yeah, you know, I'm. I was not, I listen, he's just calling his wife that day. He's like, yeah, I've got I'm gonna. I'm on my last day. This is. I'm retiring in three hours. They, they say they're like they're like, uh, Mr. Svensson, Mr. Svensson. Uh, I'm calling to tell you your wife just gave birth to a bouncing baby boy. You're you're a father. He's like, ah, oh, I, I will call my son Sven after his father. Uh, after I'm done, and I'll come, I'll return home just as soon as I finish this job. Seconds later, Nathan Drake blows him away. Like that's what we're talking about here. There's these cannon fodder guys, endless murder, and then but, the big bad guy who's like yeah. total dick. So that's the thing. It's like Nathan and in the in um, Tim Rogers staying right up on it, you know, he said he pointed out, you know, like Nathan Drake's a massively likable guy in cutscenes. In in the real world, he's a he's a maniac. He's absolute <laughs> maniac. He's, a, he's he's the Terminator. And the thing about Kane Lynch is, these guys 
are absolutely consistent. Yeah. In cutscenes, they're awful. And in the game, they're awful. And they swear and they cuss and they're just mean. They're just mean bastards. And like someone someone said, like, you know, they're just like, they're not even tough guys. They're just douchebags. You're like, that's the, that's point. the point. That's the point. They're just douchebags. <clears throat> it is the point. I, I sort of take that and I know that that's. But you just, uh, for me, I just can't get behind that. You know, I think you need, I think you need. To play two, they're comp two complete. Let's not forget, they're murderers. One of them's a, a psychopath. Psychopath. It's actually that's like when they when they that's play their the, selling. That's point. their selling point. They, He's a um, psychopath. They play that down a lot in the sequel. And the other one's a schizophrenic, something or other, who's like st stabby stabby loads of people. And it's just, I, I know they play it down, but they open up that game, Kane Lynch Two, with these two getting tortured. Yeah, being sliced up. And you're like. Brilliant. That's good. Yeah. They deserve it. More of this. Because they're assholes. Yeah. Yeah. They're total assholes. Absolutely. And you can't you can't for me as a gamer, I can't I can't get behind that. You need you need someone who you have some empathy for. Well, Mike's got the brilliant, brilliant idea, and I really hope you share it with our, our listeners now, about what IO oh, should yeah, do in their yeah. next so, game. So basically like Kane Lynch, I think I I've actually come to really like them as characters because they're so awful. I think I I just like that these characters exist. They're almost like like a thumb in the eye to anyone. It's like, let's face it, when you're playing Nathan Drake, you're playing the one of the biggest mass murderers. He's like, hey, I'm Nathan Drake. How's, how's it going? He's one of the biggest mass murderers in video game history, you know? He's like a, a truly heinous dude. Everyone's like, oh, Nathan Drake's brilliant. Yeah. <laughs> Love Nathan I'll Drake. I'll be his, mate. It's like, what I'm saying is, Kane Lynch are no worse no, than Nathan Drake. No. Just because, in fact, they're even better. They know what they are. Nathan Drake is like, is like hey, how you doing? How's it going, guys? How's it going? <laughs> Blows a load of people away. Like, you know, at least Kalish know what they are, and Io know what they are. Mm. They're thugs. They're horrible dudes, and it's almost like a thumb in the eye to anyone who ever played a video game like Gears of War, or you know, uh, or Call of Duty, or Uncharted, and was like, "Oh, these guys are great guys. These guys are brilliant," because they're not. And, and the big one for this for me was uh, is Nico in GTA Four. Mm. He's an absolute yeah. madman. Yeah. yeah, so he's like, "Oh, I've come to this country. I'm poor. I I, I just want a new life." And he's which I'm going which which to go about doing by literally killing everyone. Yeah. Having said that, I think um, they did improve uh, their characters with Red Dead. I fully believe Marston is consistent but, I mean, throughout. Yeah, but I mean, the thing with Westerns is there's a tradition of having... It's like, always, yeah. It's very black and white. I mean, whereas with, with Nico, I agree, it was a bit more... I could never really get behind Nico. No. I, in fact, I never really got into GTA 4 full stop, to be honest. I find it... I don't know. It, I just didn't. It just See, didn't GTA Four is the very me, definition you know? of thematically inconsistent because mm. it's got this incredible, like, incredible world which they built and a very realistic world, and tried to put very realistic characters in it. And then they they they're like, but check out the cafe is called Twat. Yeah. <laughs> it's brilliant, <laughs> brilliant, brilliant. And you're like, nah, that's a bit of an easy joke, guys. Like, you know, if you're going to be classy in all these other ways, be classy everywhere, yeah. or don't be classy at all. Be Saints Row. Yeah, that's right. And um. Like Kane Lynch are like these guys who just are, you know, just are absolutely thematically consistent. That was kind of, it's just, it just felt refreshing to me. I don't think it's a great, great game, but I do think it's one of the most interesting games I've ever played. And I'm really enjoying it. I mean, it's only enjoying it more than most of the games I played last year. Not more than Vanquish, not more than Bayonetta, but I'm still really enjoying it. I think that uh, Kane and Lynch, that game would not have got the green light if it had been made in America by an American dev. No, absolutely uh, not. I think it, the reason they've been able to get away with it is because it's being done up in Scandinavia, where <laughs> yeah. you know they. What do you think, well, Alan Wake would have got the green light in America? 
Um, I think Maybe, it may have probably done, would have been he's, he's, Yeah, he's time. more of a every man writer yeah. wandering around the forest. I'm not sure. I don't know. I think he's more of a you know he's more Actually, of a, wakes a, a dick. Wait, yeah, wakes a bit of a dick though. He's a he's rock star writer who's like punched a paparazzi and is bickering with his wife. All but that's the time, intentional. Like people, people didn't pick up on that. I remember reading reviews saying, "Oh, what, Wake isn't this that likable. He's not a Nathan Drake." It's like, no shit. Yeah, guess exactly. what? Um, Remedy came out saying quite proud. Yeah, Alan Wake is a bit of a dick. Like they say in the commentary in the game, they said in the interview we ran with him. And that's the, the, that's the thing. Of. That's the game. That's the Kane and Lynch thing. It's like everyone's going the dicks. It's like yeah, that's the point. But I guess the thing with Alan Wake is that he, he has some redeeming some values. For, yeah, some form of redemption in that game. Yeah, there's no redemption. Whereas with Kane and Lynch, no. you know they're just assholes from beginning to end. Well, I know how that game. Like, I haven't finished it yet, but I do know how Kane and Lynch two ends, and the ending is absolutely unredemptive. It is absolutely cold, callous. In fact, are you guys ever going to play it? Mm, it's no. not a big. It's not. It's not going to reveal some kind of like big thing. No. The game, at the end, you fight your way across the runway to hijack a plane to get out of Shanghai, kill other guys. <coughs> you get. Into, you see two dogs racing towards you across the tarmac. It's the only dogs you meet in the entire game. They're racing towards you across the tarmac. You uh, you take aim. You blow them both away. Game cuts to black. End of the game. Right. <laughs> I like you get you get on board the plane. You get a five second cutscene. Get on board the plane. That's it. Boom. I, I like the uh, end of uh, Army of Two too, where you get to kill your partner. I like that too because those guys were douchebags. As and well. obviously, Spencer. But those guys were douchebags, like in the wrong way. Yeah. I think every the people making them were like, "Oh, these guys are great. really cool." And no, <laughs> these guys are wicked. Oh, check out these great guys we created. Yeah. And you're just like, I hate them. And obviously, the ending to Splinter. Oh, Cell I hate them. Splinter Cell multiplayer. Similar sort of thing. Yeah, that's a really cool one. But obviously, they weren't idiots. Uh, come on, your, so, your idea. Yeah, my, my your idea. So, what I think, I think Kane and Lynch have had their day. I think they're really cool. I think the next, I think Kane and Lynch 3 needs to be Hitman 5. So, in Hitman 5, you are tasked with the, the final mission of the game, you are tasked with killing Kane and Lynch. Brilliant. In the middle of a bank heist. They've got a, it's a hostage crisis. It's their last job. They've messed up again. They've done this one big job, and they've ended up having to like they've taken hostages in some ridiculously ornate old banking building or like some embassy or something like that. They've done they've, this the worst mistake of their mm. lives, and Agent Forty Seven has to infiltrate the building. It's, it's just a shame Ken and Lynch, Lynch work alone because like if they had like a team, you could you know one of the solutions could be you could dress up as well, their team they, with they, a mask. In, they and, didn't in the first game. They had they went around with a big buddy. They went around with a big oh, gang. So they did because the multiplayer didn't. Yeah, yeah so you could, you could, t- you could pull on the nun mask. And I mean, there's uh, the bank heist. You go in with a bunch of guys, and none of them make it out. Mm-hmm. And in the final mission, you you got a choice to rescue your guys, rescue your daughter, and whichever you choose, you get screwed. Yeah. It's um like so. Yeah, you can you can tell you that. See, maybe you could pretend to be one of their gang. Yeah. Maybe you pretend to be a cop, and maybe you pretend to be a negotiator, a bank, bank manager, bank manager. You sneak your way in through a window and become one of the banking staff. One or of the hostages. One of the hostages. That's the mission I want yeah, to see. Yeah, that sounds great. Yeah, I want to yeah. see that mission. Because yeah. bear in mind, Kane Lynch have been in the Hitman game before. They were in Blood Money, but only in one of the newspapers. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it talks about these two guys that escaped police or something yeah, you know, yeah. in one of the newspaper reports. So long as uh, you don't end up teaming up with them. That's my fifth. If uh, if they work their way into Hitman. Hitman don't team up with them. team up with anyone. I know that. And, and if he did, he won't be teaming up with them fools. God, just, that would be the perfect end. So did you guys see the, um, the uh, Dead Island trailer? Yeah, saw it. Saw it uh, this morning. Um, didn't like it. End yeah, of story. A lot of people are like every. I said to this, this to Matt earlier on. I said, "Man, having kids makes you soft as shite, doesn't it? It does. It really does. It makes you yeah, really soft. But anything involving kids, you get does, mega yeah. soft. So you said, you know, it's like basically the trailer is this. Little zombie, this little girl is led on the dead on the pay, like on the grass. If the whole thing's running backwards, so she goes up through a window, 
Um, and then you see flashes of the, the the same thing running in the right direction. And at the end of the trailer, the two things meet, mm. basically. So you find out this little girl's running from zombies. She gets infected. Her parents rescue her from the zombies, fight off a load of zombies, but the daughter turns into a zombie, Eats attacks the father. Yeah. Um, she lets all the other zombies into the room. It becomes a big fight. And he pushes her out of the window. He chucks her out of a window, yeah. Mm. Um, it's, uh, you know, it's actually it's one of the most well-made trailers I think I've ever seen. It's a... Uh, yeah, it's it's fantastic. I mean, it's really cleverly done. The music's fantastic yeah. on it. Absolutely brilliant. And uh, very affecting. But for me, um, and, and not just me, I mean, I, we've had conversations on the podcast before mm. about how soft I am. It isn't, ju- isn't just you, because um, Dan Dawkins on PSN3, a, a and, father and, himself, and, said yeah, it. And, and Danny Bilson on uh, Twitter said, I've got three daughters, yeah. and it's not a trailer I ever want to see again. Yeah, and uh, and Hoodie said the same thing as well this morning. I'll add to Hoodie. Hoodie's got two little girls. Yeah, he said... Don't ever want to see it again. No. And and I think it is. It really. I've said it before on the the, the podcast, and uh, and I'm sure that anyone out there with kids, um, well, hopefully, if you've got any sort of feelings at all, <laughs> will uh, will feel the same way. And that when you have kids, it really does change. It shifts your perspective. It really does, and you become very soft at that kind of thing. I mean, like I get very sort of tearful watching you know stuff like. <laughs> extreme makeover home edition when you get like really really <laughs> oh man you know you get really sick kids on there and you watch them and you watch these how these families are struggling and how they're like bringing up these kids who are you know rigged up to uh to to machines all day at home and how they're living in this shitty house uh, which has got poor air quality and it's you know it's upsetting man i'm telling you and i get i get i get very upset about that sort of thing i watched that trailer and i thought that's a very well-made trailer, yeah. and I can see why it's got the internet a buzz. But I never want to see it again, ever. I, I wouldn't have imagined that when Dead Island returned, it would be with something so powerful. Yeah, the funny like, thing is, the trailer... saying this is, an, this is the announcement trailer. It's not. It's not the announcement trailer. It was announced three years ago, and with the silliest trailer ever. <laughs> the, the trailer has gone down in XPW history in the office. It's been one of the funniest things we've ever seen. It's uh, We've run it on the disc a couple of times in the past. Uh, you can find it easy enough on YouTube. It's just camera cuts through this tropical paradise with stupid, stupid music on it. And then at the end of the trailer, a zombie pops up and he's basically going, rah, awful, awful trailer. No wonder people weren't excited about the game back then. What a turnaround. Nobody noticed, apparently. What a turnaround. I mean, from a marketing perspective, that trailer, everyone is talking about it today. We've had to sit in the office and hear like every mag play it a couple of times yeah. like around the office. It's, I can't it's, tell it's, I think that trailer before. proves two things. One, people are hungry for new IP. People do want to hear We do want new sort of like franchises. And two, look at the power of a good trailer. Mm. Look, I mean, that game's come from, well, we say nowhere. I mean, it has been announced before, but nobody noticed. It's kind of came from literally nowhere. Mm. And it's the talk of the town. Twitter is like alive with people talking about this. It. Like, you know, if that's, a, that's a representative sample of the internet. Everyone's talking about this trailer. It's huge. I think it's the best trailer I've ever seen. What do you reckon? Like, you saw, we were talking about trailers it's earlier great. on, right? It's great. For me, best my, trailers ever. my all-time favourite trailer, is it the best? And it's up there. Would be uh, when I was first year at uni, I was watching E3, the Nintendo conference. And uh, Reggie came out, did his thing. I don't know if it was the ass kicking one. Was it the um, um, Was it the DS announcement year? I I don't know. I can't tell so you. It was, it was the one that ended when it's like we've just got something else to show you guys. It all goes black. Twilight Princess trailer starts up. Shame Incredible. the game was shite. No, it wasn't. 
Bullshit. Twilight Princess that was game, wonderful. That game is incest. There it is. That that, is there's that word incest. again. Wonderful. I'm going to use it for Twilight Princess. Twilight is so underrated. I, it's I a game based how... on a game based on a game based on a game. So is every Zelda. So is every Mario. So is not every Mario. Not every Nintendo Mario reinvents itself. Basically, apart from Mario, Sun, uh, Mario um, Galaxy Two, every Mario has re- reinvented what it is. Every single one. Zelda's the one franchise which hasn't. Twilight Princess was so underrated. Not at the time by critics because I think it did really well. It got lots of high scores, but since it's launched, people have been so down on it. Wind Waker's mega underrated. Everybody hates it. But not any Wind longer. Waker. No, everyone loves Wind Waker. Now, that's the thing. When Wind Waker came out, people were really negative, yeah. saying we want realistic Zelda. Now, it's like the poster child for what Zelda needs to be. Like yeah. Everyone looks back so fondly of Wind Waker and so negative about Twilight Princess. And I can understand it to a point, but I think Twilight Princess has been very unfortunate because it's a lot better than people give it credit for. Ocarina Time remake. <laughs> Instantly dismissed. In it? any case, the trailer was amazing. Yeah, it did, did have a rad trailer. Because bear in mind that Wind Waker was the last Zelda at that point, and people were well, the last major Zelda. People were crying. People were saying, be realistic. Yeah. Be re- we want real Zelda. We want another Ocarina. And out the blue, that's exactly what they delivered. It was a very well put together trailer. Yeah, that was when uh, Nintendo and it was, were riding high. And man. it was really Lord, Lord of the Ringsy as well. So it would have been 2004, 2005, perhaps. No, it would have been, no, it would have been God, 2006. No. Well, no, no Wii was 2006, so that would have been probably 2005, yeah. Or four. Yeah, four or five. In any case, it was just off the back of the Lord of the Rings trilogy, and it was very Lord of the Ringsy. It looked like Middle Earth. They had the Balrog. Um, yeah, they did. Like boss in it, they had you know a link behind the shield. See what with I'm fire saying? Derivative incestuous, derivative incestuous game. Of a fit of the biggest trilogy since Star Wars, I think that's acceptable. Um, but yeah, it was just astonishing. It totally blew me away, and everyone I think was cheering when that trailer came on. Yeah, it was. Uh, it was, I was, that was so when the, excited. That was when core gamers still like Nintendo. Yeah, <laughs> and then it all went wrong. Yeah. Um, what do you reckon, Tim? I don't know. It's a difficult question. Because there's just been so many in my long, long life. <laughs> but the Halo, the Halo Three trailer, where it was the um, just the walking across the desert one, the, no, the ruined highway. No, the um, the one with the um, where it sort of went back to when he was a. Uh, oh yeah, when he's a little boy in a yeah. field. Yeah, I'm not saying it's the best trailer ever made, but it was absolutely beautiful. What is it with you and kids, man? <laughs> Oh, it's just nice. It's just nice. <laughs> just, like, just like seeing kids having a good time, man. I just don't want to see them being chucked out of windows. Exactly, yeah. I want to see them turning into zombies. Um, very well made, I thought. Really, really nicely put together. And uh, yeah, I like that one. I quite like the... Um, loads of people hated it, but I thought the um, the Modern Warfare 2 trailer where it was just against black one. and you could hear... You could hear the no Russian bit in the elevator as they uh, went down. Yeah. I thought that was quite clever because yeah. the thing is, is that you it got you thinking, and that was yeah. when the first idea came up in the office. Then Matt floated the idea. I bet you get to play as the terrorist. I yeah. think it was on a podcast, yeah, in the office, and we chatted about it on the podcast. I so. thought it was quite clever because they showed absolutely nothing, but it kind of was quite. It just seemed obvious with the list opening and the view of them walking out. And I liked like, the way that the I liked it, it was all sound waves and stuff. Mm. I thought it was really clever, and then it sort of morphed into the logo. Yeah, yeah, um, it, was a, it was a really classy trailer. Uh, but yeah, I can't really think of any that have particularly blown me away. The Deus Ex, the first Deus Ex trailer was very and good. And that's the one I was going to say, the yeah. Deus Ex Human Revolution trailer. Yeah. All of their trailers have been incredible. Um, the E3 one, I thought, was Oh, just absolutely awesome. devastating. I mean, just the, the, the absolute, the music is fantastic. Mm. They've got um, the guy who did the music to Regenesis in America. He's a mm. massively talented guy, done a lot of like, TV shows and so on. 
Uh, his name escapes me, unfortunately. I've been one of them days. But um, the trailer was amazing. They, it's basically, it was, you know, Canadian design mm-hmm. and music with Japanese production quality on, with, when it comes to CGI. Yeah. And it was absolutely just a devastating trailer. And I'm going to put it to you guys. The Dead Island trailer is actually not a great trailer. And everyone online is saying it's a really great trailer. And I'm going to say that it's not. I'm going to say that the Deus Ex one is still, for my money, the best trailer ever shot. Because... The Deus Ex trailer is absolutely, again, we're talking about that consistency thing. It's um, indicative of what the game is. Absolutely shows you what the game is. And we saw, you know, we've seen a little bit of Dead Island. We're not, we can't talk about it. But the Dead Island trailer it's not what the game isn't is. representative of the game. I don't think that matters. I, this, is, this is a trailer that needs to come out and get people talking about it. It's, if they came out just with but a bit of gameplay. People are talking about something that is not what the game is. And when the game comes out, people will, might, well, potentially could be disappointed. When it finds out, they find out it's some... No, because like, this is a game like that was nowhere and it's on Rising. their radar now. Yes, it's true. Again, it's, as from a marketing point of view, it's absolutely flawless. But yeah, that's playing a dangerous game, man. That's like saying, just like handing someone a box saying, check it out box of diamonds and they're like brilliant they open up a shreddies like wait a second where's my diamonds i disagree i mean if you want to um use that argument then you're saying the uh the halo what was what was it called with the the feet no the the little figurines no they're all the models yeah that one i thought that was a really really well put together trailer yeah i liked it it wasn't what halo is i mean i i i wasn't expecting to play a game that was a bit like stacking that was moving that that was pure viral thing but now that's that's just that's being silly that's being silly now no no one's saying that it has to be like the game but it should be representative of it and the, the, that diorama trailer was representative of what halo is absolutely is rep- i mean it was representative of what of what they were trying to put across about it. like it was this great epic moment it's gonna be this epic battle and you're gonna play a part but in with it. dead island we i guess we I, 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 mean, I can't talk about it too much but we do know that there are going to be stories told in that and from what we've seen so far what what the trailer had isn't if there's too one far, zombie killer, I, I can't talk game, about too much. Everything I have to say, but I, I don't think any game's gonna be brave enough to do zombie kills. I guess the thing with Dead Island is we don't know really, or perhaps aren't really allowed to talk about whether those two characters in the trailer actually appear in the game. You know, I think it's fair to say there are going to be stories of people on that island and their tales, and it's going to be told through, like obviously you play it, but they also cut scenes as well, showing what happened to them. And I think Techland are eager to tell some meaningful tales. Let's not talk too much about it because we risk uh, we risk putting ourselves yeah, in trouble. But what I will say, it's not Dead Rising. They no, want it's, something it's more not. meaningful. And I think people are going to be surprised by the game in a, in a lot of different ways. By a what the game is, and b how the interesting takes is. It's got yeah. a few ideas. Probably best to draw a line under it there. I'll tell you what I did like about the trailer, though. I liked that it wasn't just a montage with, like, Rolling Stones or Smashing Pumpkins slapped over. Yeah, I've seen that a few times. Man alive. I love Rolling Stones. And, you know, I don't mind when the Black Ops trailer comes on because I love Rolling Stones so much. But, come on, let's have new trailers, please. You know, it also wasn't, like, a a montage of massively exciting bits from the game. The best With a really mournful soundtrack. Yeah. That's the new trailer. We were talking about this in the office the other day. The new trailer, the old trailer was, like... You know, starts quiet, goes big in the middle, ends quiet, goes big right at the end. Yeah. That's the, the format they've been using on trailers for about 15 years yeah. now. The exact same format over and over again, movie trailers in particular. And the new trailer is the thing that Assassin's Creed did a couple of years ago. I think something else must have done it before that because now Hollywood's picked mm. up on it. Because if you look at the Battle of Los Angeles, is it Battle of Los Angeles, the movie... Yeah, it's it's the new sci-fi movie. Yeah. Yeah. Apparently, it's like way better than the studio expected, and they're throwing a lot of money behind it now, um, which they didn't during production. But um, 
that that movie, that trailer is just like loads of shit exploding. Oh, you're like, oh wow, mega! But the music's just like, it's like that. They this or the new trailer is the juxtaposition trailer. Yeah, beautiful sound. Awful imagery. That's yeah, the new yeah. trailer. And it's like Assassin's Creed. You've got like Ezio walking down the street, stabbing guys and stuff. And the music's like, it's this piece yeah. of uh, it's piece of electronica, which is uh, completely unsuited to it. But the juxtaposition's really nice. Mm. And that's the point. Like That's the new trailer. Yeah. I, I still prefer that to the old Gears Mad World trailer. Mad World was exactly that trailer. I mean, it was exactly that. It's, it's Mad World playing while these guys murder everything. Like, I mean, that's exactly what that trailer was. And that was, that, talk about um, giving a false impression of the game. I mean, I know you've got a big lancer and you shoot things, but that that suggested that Gears was cleverer than, yeah, than it, it is, did. I think. Well, it suggested that there was some sort of emotional kind of attachment to these mm. people, but it was the old... Um, is the old Dom thing, wasn't it? It's there's like a the funny, old, there's a funny let's kill thing. my wife. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there's a funny thing about Gears. I mentioned it in my Bulletstorm review, which would be in our next, next issue, not the issues on shelves now. Um, I mentioned that, uh, you know, he, in Bulletstorm, not sorry, not Bulletstorm, in, um, in Gears of War, like the first game was about muscles and bullets and chainsaws and rock monsters. And it was brilliant. And that was fine. That was fine. But for the sequel, they were kind of like, you know what, we want, we got to be... Um, more emotive. You got to speak to like that part of people. We got to, we got to have some gravitas, man. We got to, we got to have some, you know, we got to say something. It's like so they did this, this that some ridiculous scenes, <laughs> which are supposed to make you feel like oh yeah, you know, this is a really emotional thing. The stuff but by the being wife, so that's... earnest, it just looked ridiculous. Yeah. And like the the it, you don't need to be ashamed if your game is about guns and muscles and bullets mm. and murdering. Let it be about that. That's what Predator's about, and Predator's brilliant. That's mm. an emotional movie, man. Yeah, it is. Like, yeah, you feel you feel the danger in that film. Like, you know, and let that be the emotion you feel. I don't want to have to see like Arnold rescue his best buddy's wife from a Nazi death camp. Exactly. And watch his mate watch Jesse Ventura blow her away. That's actually a good point, because the, the thing with Predator is that you're right, it is a fantastic movie, one of the office favourites. But it's got that scene at the end with that very emotive music where he just sits in a helicopter and it's just the camera on him. Yeah. And he's just looking out the thing. And that's all you need yeah. to say about that. Absolutely. And, th- and, w- and that is a really nice contrast to where they're flying in. And it's him with all his buddies. Yeah. And they're laughing all, and they're joking yeah. and they're wisecracking and, and they're, yeah. they're flying into this. And, he's, and at the end, it's just him flying out. And he's just like, man, that was someday. Yeah. Uh, that, that's <laughs> great storytelling. It was said without any words... Just a bit of music and, and Arnie's great acting. Yeah. But the thing with Gears is that they were like, we can't do that. No. You know, we need to have him like go in. Oh, I'm so upset about my wife. Got to find her. Yeah. It just doesn't work, you know. Silly. And then he that's, finds it. It's like, right, let's kill some more. And people. that's the difference between game storytelling, not all game storytelling, game storytelling and movie storytelling is that even a movie like Predator which is not, let's face it, one of the most emotional... It's not tugging at your heartstrings. No, it's no safest choice. But even a movie like Predator gets it right ahead of Gears of War. Yeah. You know? Sorry, gets it right against a lot of games, not just Gears of War, but a lot of games. I can't actually think of a game off the top of my head, you guys will probably know, that's really made me think, yeah, right, I get the, I get the emotional complexity at the heart of this story, you know? Yeah. I don't know. So let's talk about what we're going to be doing in the next couple of days. Let's talk about our new issue on shelves right yeah, now. Let's talk about it. Do you it. want to open up an issue? Yeah, here we so are. So we always have to do a little bit where we shill our new issue, and Tim's going to pop the bag open right now. So it's Deus Ex this issue, which we are extremely excited about. <coughs> uh, we were pretty excited about before, actually. 
But since Mike's seen it, we're yeah, even. Yeah, we got we got a, a level of access. Now, I mean, you'll be seeing a lot of previews going up online in the next few days. I encourage you to read them all and, and then to come and read ours. We got a hell of a lot more access than anybody else did, and we've seen a lot more of the game than anybody else has. Um, so kicking off the mag, we got an interview with uh, four uh, three four three, who are the obviously the new uh, new Halo masters. Um, they they say some interesting things. I, I'm not sure they commit to much. Very guarded, aren't they? Yeah, but, but um, isn't it? They makes they do say some interesting stuff. Uh, and and then actually, I'm going to use the old contents page. You just tore that page when you tur- you've turned it. So. Yeah, but, uh, we interview with three four three. Uh, really, really worth a, a read. It's, it's it's very interesting. And um, they obviously plainly don't come out with the old, "Hey, this is what we're doing, and here's all our plans." But they do they do give us an insight into exactly what they're doing and how they're the kind of um, uh, uh, guardians of the Halo brand, I guess. Custodians. Uh, custodians was yeah. the word I was looking for. Um, aside from that, we've got. Uh, let's talk about our free gifts this month. We've got some good a couple of good free gifts. Uh, Disc is as good as ever. Matt's done a splendid job on Mass it. Mass Effect 3, Crisis 2, Halo magazines. Yeah, we've got some Halo magazines on the flip side. We've got all the podcasts. So this is PDFs. You can just read them straight off your yeah. screen, put them on your iPod. Um, got some extra podcasts. I can't remember. Uh, Bethesda, I think. Yeah. The complete Bethesda podcast collection. Really, really interesting. Really worth it. And we got a gift that people seem to have really dug. That's <laughs> right, yeah. The, the internet's responded to his free gift in a way we never expected. So we've got fridge magnets. Um which we didn't expect to. Well, we were we we were really happy with them. We expected them people to be kind of, oh, this is quite cool. But people have really loved them. People are sending <laughs> us photos of them, sticking them to things. Yeah, people, yeah. Just, people are just really digging them. And um, someone said on Facebook, our Facebook page, actually, finally I can put Master Chief in my fridge, which I thought was was great. Um, so so we've got some fridge magnets. Got a great disc. Uh, we've got a bit of Halo. We've got Deus Ex. Um, I don't want to talk too much about Deus Ex because we talked about it loads last time around. And we'll also, talk about it on a future podcast once the issues yeah. uh, sort of and in everyone's hands. And also, you should really read what Mike's got to say on it because it's really interesting. For me, uh, someone who was, you know, very sort of intrigued by it but not necessarily totally bought into it, after reading the feature, I'm genuinely excited about it. So I really encourage people to, to get hold of the issue and to, to read about it there. Uh, we've also got a feature called Under the Radar, which is where we've got five five, five people who... Um, five experts. Experts on certain games. Games that you... the, the Basically, it's the best games you've never heard of. Yeah. Um, big, and, big games that are kind of like, you know, they're going to be big this year, but you probably don't know much about them yeah. yet. And that's okay, because we've got like, people who know everything about everything those companies have ever done. So we've got like, you know, got Rich McCormack, who's like, the, Rich McCormack from PC Gamer, he's like a hardcore RPG guy. Well, he's in there to talk about uh, pro- what was, unfortunately, when we printed the issue called Project Dark, and it's now called Dark Souls. Um, he's, uh, he's there to tell you all about, like, you know, what that game is, why it's important, what it should be. Got an RPG expert to talk about Catherine. Mm. We've got, like, we got people who know their business, and of course, I'm talking about the game where everyone gets killed yeah. by a robot. Brilliant. Um, so worth worth checking out. Also, a feature about Connect, but not just any feature about Connect. We we pull the Connect apart, and by pull it apart, I mean take it to pieces. Okay, and then the more we brought in some experts. Yeah. We brought in a guy to strip a Connect, to strip Connect to, to its bare bones. R- really interesting, actually. I mean, I I said to Mike after I read it, I was again, you know, it's sort of not being you a commissioned massive... it, you commissioned it on faith, right? Yeah, I'm not. I being told a... you I could make it interesting, and you were like. <laughs> Not being a massive like, I, I'm not really into my like. I'm just gonna get this old processor right here and slot the car- graphics card in there, yeah. kind of guy. I was like, all oh, right, uh, okay, 
but it's genuinely interesting. It's What's great to int- find out what is exactly, sitting on your yeah, telly. Yeah, to see what what those little bits and balls and how they how, how they cheap work. those bits are as well. Yeah, I know. That's interesting. Yeah, it yeah. is very interesting considering the price tag of the device. And while we're on the subject of Microsoft, um, uh, you know, we should talk also about a little cheeky little feature we got in news where um, Mike, you, yeah. you managed to. Hunt I, down. I found something that I don't think we're supposed. I think anyone's supposed to have, which is uh, Microsoft TCRs. It is this issue, isn't it? Yeah, yes. yeah. The TCRs yeah. is um, every time you turn the page, it tears. It's just it's it's just brilliantly. It's I've just, just noticed your, that it's not in the uh, contents page. Just vigorous to turn the page so vigorously, you're just absolutely shredding this magazine. Um, yeah, so Microsoft have these TCRs, these rules and regulations that companies have to jump through to um, to make a game on them at Xbox. Well, that's, that's cool. That's what makes your games consistent, basically. It's what means that when you play a game, you don't have to wait 10 minutes for it to load, because if they didn't have these TCRs, then that'd be, people could do that. And most of the rules are real boring, real boring. It's like, yeah, okay, so... You know, when you when they, when you do this thing, this thing has to happen. You have to do. Here's the language you got to use for this particular message on screen. But some of them are really interesting. Like when um, one I, I bring up is like, it's such a small thing, but it's really interesting. Like you can, if you're gonna if you're gonna save a game, if it t- takes more than three seconds, you have to show something on screen. It says it's gonna take more than three seconds. Uh, like a little symbol or something. Mm. And if you're going to use a symbol, you have to communicate that you're going to use a symbol when the game begins, which is why every time you start a game, it will say, do not turn the game mm. off when this symbol is flashing, but it's because it's saving. But if your game is, if it saves in under half a second, you don't have to tell anyone anything about it. But if it's over half a second and under three seconds, you have to make it take three seconds so you've got time to communicate that the game's being saved. There's a lot of really weird little mm, rules like yeah. that, really strange things that will genuinely change the way you look at the games you're playing. Yeah. It's amazing and I'm sure at some how point many Microsoft things are. Microsoft phone us and say, <laughs> how did you get hold of yeah. that? And what we'll say to that is, the information's out there on the internet, you yeah. just look really hard for yeah. it. It's funny, I was, uh, I was chatting to someone about them uh, the other day, a developer who um, does some Kinect stuff. And they look to Microsoft for guidance for the menu systems. Like, come on, you've got all these rules and regulations. Can you give us a hand with this? Connect no rules. Wild West right now. Literally, man. there's nothing to say what works, what doesn't with Connect, which is why every single Connect game you will ever play <laughs> until someone menu, finds yeah. something that works has a completely different menu system <laughs> because nobody knows. Literally, no one knows. It's, it's a lot a of people are going to copy Dan Central. Dan Central. I thought, to be honest, I thought Crossboard Seven had a fairly elegant solution, which was like semaphore poses. Yeah. Yes, you, you know, hold your arms up like a Y or something. No, you but hold your. But right hated heart. that. You know, some people hate it. But I, don't, I, I think I thought it worked. It. it worked instantly and it was quite easy to gauge whereas there there are lots of games that are just like you hold your hand out roughly yeah. on the box and it could move and it floats and, around a bit and you know yeah but Microsoft is the worst for that yeah if you go down to that menu on the on the bottom right you hold your hand over there and it will sort of judder yeah. around a little bit and you yeah. like try and bring it down and then it will go off screen yeah. and then you try and, you know, and edge, no, kind like, of edge it up connects no good for accurate stuff you, yeah. if, you, if you're going to design a game you've got to sort of design it with like a looseness and that's cool. That's cool. It's like you can have a lot of fun with that kind of looseness. But if you want to, what they need is they need the hand thing to have a lock on, like a first-person shooter style lock on. Which of course the dashboard yeah. does have. Yeah. So dashboard. yeah, right. So when you get nearer options, you yeah. just straight to it, and it holds it there unless you, you know, move it. Move clearly, it, move clearly it out move it away. Yeah. Anyway. Um, so we've got that uh, we've also got the making of Dead Space 2 um, which is uh, Matt, Matt's uh, put together which is uh, again very interesting for anyone any of the 2 million people who've bought uh, Dead Space should be interested in how all that 
story of uh, came together. dead animals, how, uh, oh, yeah, how that's that, right, yeah. that played a part in yeah, making yeah. Dead Space. Um, and we chatted to the BAFTA winning, uh, multi-BAFTA winning um, sound guy behind Dead Space as well. Multi-BAFTA. Who's, uh, who's an incredibly interesting guy, has some great things to talk about, uh, some interesting... Um, we had an interesting chat about where he got his ideas from, where he copied some things from, um, some classical music that he, he likes and uh, some, yeah, some very good stories from him. Bit thin on the old reviews front this oh, month. Oh, slim. But next um, month, not so much. But next month's good. But this month we have got Marvel vs. Capcom 3. The rest of the stuff in our review section is probably worth skipping over. Um, <laughs> not, not, not the reviews the games but, although but Death you should, Smiles yeah, you should, you should I, I absolutely like... read the magazine just don't buy the game <laughs> yeah. I, I really like Death Smiles I've got to say yeah it's a decent good show it's a good game fair enough no one's going to buy it no. um, previews we've got some good stuff uh, Matt you went over to um, California no, no Seattle Seattle Washington yeah. Seattle, sorry to see um, the new Lord of the, Lord the Rings, Rings game. Was, it the ra- was it a rainy city while you were there it rained once it oh. snowed one evening Brilliant. as well uh, but it, the rest of the time it was okay. It's a bit cold. So we got a little exclusive on that, right? That's, a... That's correct. Yeah, yeah. Exclusive. I, I, I think maybe we should talk about it in the next podcast because we should let people have a read of the, yeah. the preview first and then we can talk, fill them in on all the great details about that wonderful it's trip. A, it's another looting game. It's another looter, yeah. like Borderlands. So, uh, yeah, obviously. We got SSX, Tomb Raider, Forza 4, um, bit of Silent Hill. Got that great game I can't wait for next this year, True Crime. Oh no! Wait a minute. That's uh, that's been cancelled. Yeah. Well, after we went to press, that one got a axe. That one got the chop. So it's which, the, the last preview of the true crime you'll ever read. Yeah. Um, which is almost. I, I can't quite get my head around how a game two months out from release can get the shop. I mean, we did after a, they spent probably about twenty million pounds. on it. I think it. the only thing that could have happened is the guy said we need another six months. Yeah. And yeah. Activision were saying you no. get another six months. Yeah. We've already delayed it. I mean, we went over, I went over to Vancouver to see it for a cover we did last year around E3 time. You know what? It was looking all right. It yeah. really was. I was thinking, you know what? It's not going to be a 90% game or anything, but I'd play it. I'd like to. The funny thing is Activision said the reason they cancelled it was the quality wasn't there. They only go for grade A quality games. It's like, <laughs> it's like that, no, that's, you're, you're kidding, that's right? Complete. This, it, that's the month that they released Blood Drive. Yeah. And the freaking <laughs> Cabela shot. Let's, I mean, t- let's talk on? about Activision for a second. They've killed True Crime. They've killed Guitar Hero. They've closed Bizarre Creations. DJ Hero looks shaky. DJ, DJ Hero's gone. gone. Absolutely done. Done. I'm, I'm sure it will be. It's but, done. Freestyle um, free hasn't folded yet. As good as that game is, and as great as the team of making it are, and we love them, that game's done. Um, and we love Bizarre as well. And they're mm. closing today. As you listen to this podcast, if you're listening on a Friday, they're closing today. So you know what? Send your hearts to them. Tweet them a message of sympathy because there's some good guys there. Yeah. Really tired guys, yeah. guys. Really talented. And what's happened? They, they've been they've been pissed away on two games that just weren't marketed and weren't right for them. Yeah, I mean, yeah, absolutely. It's just this. I mean, Activision are just uh, like, what games have they got now? Well, I mean, they've we've got World of Warcraft. They got Call of Duty. We talked about it in the office. They've got they've got Call of Duty. A World of Warcraft is it makes Activision money, but it's it's kind of Blizzard gig. You've Starcraft so as well. Of course, these games are Blizzard gig. These are these are great games, but but you know what of Activision as a publisher? What are they publishing? Because Blizzard publish World of Warcraft. So what are Activision publishing? Call of Duty, um, Spider Man, Spider Man, Prototype. 
yeah, scroto type. No one's getting excited for you know Spidey and prototype. Like, no, you know, no, no one's getting like getting like, going. Well, that's the game of next year. I got to no. play that. No, and no see, it, they'll both be fun. I'm sure. But the, the danger with Call of Duty as well is that now we hear that there's another Call of Duty studio opening to do online stuff. Yeah. So we've got. Infinity Ward in whatever capacity they are now. Sledgehammer. Sledgehammer. Sledgehammer and this other studio. Treyarch and then even Raven are coming Treyarch, to work on it. Yeah. Well. So, you know, the danger is they do a whole they do a guitar hero special I mean, on it. They've and got, just they've got completely... James Bond as well, but they've done a really good job of running that into the ground too. Yeah. I mean they've just been really mishandled and I really hope Raven's James Bond game is given mm. the time and the money it deserves. Yeah. Let's be honest, every Bond after Goldeneye has EA didn't do much it's better tough with it. to do you, you would think that a bond game would be the easiest thing in the world to do yeah. right but it's it's just because every time marketing and budget like budget problems get mm. in the way and time gets in the way yeah what it needs is like to be able to go to to be able to do a bond game the way rocksteady did a batman game yeah say all right here's four years get on with it yeah bloodstone should have been that i mean it wasn't tied into anything yeah they oh, had yeah. the freedom if, if, if bizarre had like three years to work on that that would have been a great game yeah. it's it, just i just don't i really don't know what, where Activision go from here? No, I, I don't know either. They need new franchises and they need them fast because guess what? Call of Duty ain't forever. No. It looks like it is right now, but it looks like Guitar Hero looked pretty much a yeah. safe bet yeah. back a few years ago. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and that's the issue, really. So um, we advise you to run out straight down the shops. As soon as you start stop listening to this, please run down the shop. Full pelt as well. Don't slow up at all. Unless you've got, asthma. Unless you've got a stitch. Well, just keep running through a stitch. That's, what they, used to, that's what they used to tell me when I played football. Run off, run off your stitch, Tim. Run off your stitch. Oh, that seems like some PE teacher bullshit to me. I used to have this Cockney uh, Cockney uh, football coach who was like, run off your stitch, Tim. Run off your stitch, son. I, I, PE teachers are bastards. Yeah. I, when I was a kid, when I was a kid, I was fat. I'm not now. I'm the very picture of health and, uh, and I'm, 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 I'm a man amongst boys. And uh, I'd, uh, when, uh, when I used to go to school, I was a fat kid, man. I, a lap of that track was well beyond me. Completely yeah. beyond me. I was, I was too busy playing my Spectrum at home. Yeah. So going around that track was just murder and I was asthmatic as well but in a in like you know next year I'm I was gonna be this year but I broke my foot I'm gonna be running my, running myself a marathon and I'm gonna do it basically with my willy out the whole way yeah with uh with my um PE teacher's name written on it right. this is this, this twat yeah when you say running are you actually gonna run or are you just walking I'm gonna sprint it <laughs> I, uh, I, I did a marathon when I was uh, in secondary school and uh, I tried uh, jogging and running through some of it by the end, let me tell you, it was excruciating. It was the um, oh, Skegness Summit. I, whatever it was, it wasn't like London where it's just even ground. It was Skeggy. hills and Boston to Skegness, I think it was. Damn, but it was that's over a big like, old run. Well, it's 26 miles. Across it's a marathon. The, across the country. It's loud. It's taking a piss out of oh, you. That's what I mean. It's a big run across the country. Yeah, though, yeah. It? But it's like... I know how long have... a marathon is, Pallet. Don't worry. <laughs> is it 26? Yeah, it's 26. Um, but it's because you've got all the drainage ditches around where I'm from. So it's up and down and it's uneven cross, It's cross-country marathon. It's horrible. Yeah, that's what I mean. That's what I said that's while Pallet was insulting me. <laughs> and the, the last mile was like you hit the roads and... Oh, the shock! Every step, you could just feel it pissing up your legs. I was um, and, uh, pissing down your legs. I was. I, I literally bought myself a pair of running shoes. Okay. Went for a cycle. It was dark on an icy track. And I cycled into a ditch, broke the metatarsal, like a broken metatarsal on my foot, and tore a load of bits with it. So I'm not sure what it is. I don't know, I don't know the logistics. No. But I tore a load of bits, and I took it to my um, my podiatrist because I have one now, and um, she was like, "Yeah," he said. She said, "You know that because that was back in." 
December. Yeah. She was like, yeah, the bones are probably healed by now, but these other bits won't have. Mm-hmm. And that's a six-month repair job. I was like, I wanted to run like a marathon yeah. this year. She's like, you ain't running no marathon no. this year. Be prepared to... It's the Wayne Rooney injury, basically. And he had like all, all of these uh, like Experts, physiotherapists yeah. and sports like sports massage guys fixing his foot every minute yeah. of the day. And I didn't have that, so I'm going to be limping around the place for another three months. Be prepared to uh, have your legs stiff. Certainly if you did no prep beforehand, which I didn't, your legs will stiffen up after and it will... You cannot move, uh, and your toenails will fall Wait off. Wait a second, Matt. My you toenails fell off. Ma- you say you're saying you ran a marathon with no training. I didn't do any prep before. Bullshit, man. No, I did. I didn't run. I said I made it very clear. I tried jogging and, and running at the start, oh, and then by the end, basically. I was I was like sitting down for ten minutes, walking for two, <laughs> sit, <laughs> sitting down for ten minutes again, just like professionals. Just, do. just yeah. watching everyone go. Past. Just like Paula Radcliffe. I was I was a broken a man. Oh, I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> <laughs> that's the thing, man. It doesn't matter how much you. She was a national hero. Yeah, she was. It, it yeah. doesn't matter how big a hero you are. You're only one slash at the side of the street away from being a villain. Like, have you? seen that photo online of the marathon runner who shit, shat, shat himself, shat himself. <laughs> yeah, it's just yeah. this liquid shit running down his leg yeah. like if you're going to run a marathon you got to evacuate your bowels first because you know you might just lose control yeah, take, yeah. take a couple of emodium before you oh, but yeah. you could go from hero to, to laughing stock in minutes yeah. so no I did I ran little bits I was crawling almost by the end. I sprinted the last like 50, 50 meters or so. Ten centimeters. Just to do it. But, uh, Ten centimeter sprint. No, the last few miles. When we used to slow. do cross country at school, we knew, we knew the area in which they did cross country really well. So we would lag down to the back, and then we would we would take shortcuts. Because I was a fat kid, man. I went around in no cross country. So I was um I was I was at the back of the you get you slow down to the back with your with your mate and be like okay, okay. Right, go, and then you'd like you quickly like dash off into because mm. we would go to this place. It's in um, it's in Bristol. I don't tell people exactly where it is, but it was like it's, it's all like little country lanes and stuff, like not in this urban country lanes. You know, mm. there's like bits of like trees and stuff, but it's gravel tracks. And then they would like cut quickly across like you know some grass and then do this thing. But you could you could hide in the in this thing for in the in the trees for a while and meet them as they come running back round. That oh. sounds just like my sister. She went to Bristol Uni. She joined cross country. God knows why. She doesn't do any exercise. <laughs> they, they, they ran down White Ladies hey, Road. Sis. She jumped in the hatchet for a couple of pints and then they met them on the way back up. <laughs> That's unbelievable. I actually went to the pub. That's my sis. Unbelievable. Right. My big sis. We got to shoot. Right. We, 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 we were going to do questions, but we're, Tim's in a massive hurry, so I wonder yeah. if we just shoot off. Oh, we could do a quick, quick question. Very, very quick then. Um, number one, Deet, he wants to know, is it recommended to even play Battlefield Bad Company 2 single player for achievements, or is it that bad? Hell no. Leave it. It sucks. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a Battlefield it. guy. No, God, no. Forget about it. It's just it's rubbish, boring. Uh, no Talk Talk uh, says, hi guys, who out of Tim, Mike, Matt and Jem has been playing games the longest and who has the biggest collection of games on all formats? Tim, um, Matt, Matt's probably got the biggest collection, but Tim's probably been playing the longest, right? Probably. Yeah, yeah I'd imagine only, so. Because only by nature of being older. Because I was, I, I can say I've started playing. What was your I, first, when was your, what was your first probably machine? Probably it would have been a ZX Spectrum, uh, 82 Spectrum, but I would have got in about 87 before that I'd played arcade games but as early as 85. Yeah. See, I, just by virtue of being young obviously i haven't been playing the longest i reckon and probably we've been about the same time because i yeah we would have started probably my first my first machine was amiga but i used to play arcade games all the time in that case we probably started exactly the same games right the same yeah time. i used to play final fight in the arcades all I the time play, i used to play um god operation wolf I used oh to, operation wolf was brilliant yeah. yeah the annoying thing when i was little my parents wouldn't let me have game like everyone else had gaming systems and stuff i didn't they waited final yeah fight, they final fight was 89 then so i was quite was late it? i think it's either 88 or 89 because it was going to be called street fire 
Right. So I think I think we had like an Acorn 2000 or 3000 with that Lemmings. That was the same with us. That was, we, had an, we had an Amstrad before we had an Amiga. The Amstrad oh, was... Oh, CPC 464? was shit. Yeah. I mean, it was rubbish. Mm. But... My mum and dad were like that. They were like, they didn't get, we didn't get on board with any computers yeah. until late in the day. And and I, all, I because I had an Amiga, I kind of missed. I didn't come round to the snares until very, very late on. You know, so um, I love my Amiga. Absolutely loved it. I love my Spectrum. Uh, final question: Jewel Million. He wants to know what game this year is going to surprise. Is going to be a surprise like Batman or Castlevania? Oh, sorry. Can I just go back to because you've probably got the biggest collection, right? You're saying I would imagine I've got a room which is like. Um, yeah, it's kind of full of. That's because Matt kind of hoards his, his stuff. Yeah, right? that's, 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 that's the thing. Like I, I don't I, like selling. Yeah. I I play it and I dump it basically. Um, I don't. I tend not to play things more than once, and if I do, I I like playing them off of the hard drive yeah. on my PC. Uh, the only games I've hung on to are the Xbox exclusives and the games I want to play with my friends yeah. on Xbox. I, so I have Bad Company two on on 360 and I have like the Halos and I have um, Bayonetta because that's not on PC. Vanquish. Mm. Anything I can't play on the PC. I um I keep on the console okay. anything I can get rid of because I just ran out on one small box. Yeah, yeah. Then on uh, filling up shelf after shelf after shelf. Yeah, I, I keep them. I foolishly think that maybe one day I will carry on playing my game of Football Manager 2007 or LEDs <laughs> on Wii uh, that I play that I bought but never so played. You're sitting but... there one day, you're like, man, I never did finish Pikmin. Yeah, <laughs> don't, don't pretty do, much. Yeah, don't do so, Football Manager 2007. No, it's like crack. <laughs> Should go bad. Um, uh, yeah, like I say, he wants to know what's going to be the surprise hit this year. I think it's probably not a surprise anymore, but Deus Ex. Yeah. I think we we didn't quite anticipate no. how like we're talking up there with Skyrim, Mass Effect, yeah. uh, Arkham City. Deus Ex is probably going to be. Up we always there had in that faith bracket. in these guys, but now to know that they've actually delivered on that faith and that it's um, that the game's coming mm. real soon, not as soon as we'd like. But real soon, I think a big for the is that might be the, one of the critical hits this year. A big, the big, and I think everyone who plays it will love it. Yeah. Depending on when it's released, will depend on how it sells. Mm. If they decide in all stupidity to throw it up against Call of Duty yeah. and Skyrim, and Mass Effect Three and Battlefield all in the same month, mm. they're idiots. If and it will die, it will die a death. But it, not on PC or on consoles. If they throw it up against nothing in August, mm. brilliant. That's that's the, that's when it'll be huge. It'll be massive. So go. yeah, there we go. Those are the questions. Um, we were just going to say if you wanted to meet the Xbox World team, if in real in in real if life, if you're listening to the podcast, the weekend, you know, we, we recorded it. So if if it's the uh, if it's the 18th, 19th, 20th, 20th. or 21st, you've still got time to come and say hello to us. Yeah, we're going to be um, in Bath at a event we can't talk about. <laughs> Well, I'm not really allowed to talk about it. Well, I'll talk about it for we you. So Tim's uh, Tim's got a new book out, The Dead Tracks. It's on shelves right now. It'll be signing copies in uh, Topping's Bookshop. I can say it's really good. I've almost finished it, and it's fantastic. Oh, I thought it was rubbish. <laughs> yeah. No, I haven't read it yet. It's had a rubbish end. But um, it's, uh, it, we, we, the whole team will be there, so come along. So come along and say hello to us, yeah, because we'd, uh, we'd love to see you. We know a couple of you came along last year, and it was great to see you. So It was always nice to meet our readers. We always liked because we, we don't get a chance really to get out there and kind of because not, be not the ones who turn up at the office with flowers and chocolates no well I don't know chocolates yeah, yeah, chocolates yeah. yeah but I mean there used to be a great tradition in games mags of kind of doing events and that sort of stuff where you could really get to meet your readers but we don't do so many of those anymore and uh, so it's nice to see you and, and nice to meet you so we do kind of encourage you to come along so Toppings um, Bookshop in Bath yeah. Google it and you actually find details of all the events on their website that's right give them a shout if you want to come along because I think you have to book um, book a place so so yeah we'd love to We'd love to see you, but uh, 
But yes, yeah, so I do can have a glass of plonk with the Xbox yeah. Glass of plonk, yeah. So thanks for listening. Uh, we uh, really appreciate you tuning in, all those people. We really appreciate your feedback as well. We like hearing that you've listened to it and we you find what we're saying is interesting and uh, and uh, we of course love to um, love to hear from you on Facebook, on Twitter, uh, through our blog, anywhere on our forum, anywhere. Just get in contact with us. We you know, we we will Always try and answer as many questions as we can. Always try and feature as many responses as we can in our letters pages. And we'll always try and get back to you as soon as we can. So see you soon. Bye. Bye.